I'm Josh Liston from On The Bubble Podcast, an oral history of television fandom, part of the Gunner Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other awesome geeky shows at gunnergeeknetwork.com. Welcome to an all-new Better Podcasting live chat. I am Steven, and with me, of course, is Master SP. Master SP. Have you been watching a little bit of Star Trek or Star Wars, maybe? Talk calling uh, Master Jedi and that sort of thing? Is that that's what this is all about? No, you just make me call you Master. Oh, well, yeah, there's... We're not going to go down that path right now. Okay. Hey, welcome to everybody. This is an episode of Better Podcasting Live Chat. We do these episodes every other week, and we do them specifically to answer your questions on podcasting. And you can join us in our live chat at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern at www.geeks, that's with an S, dot live. And you can also send us an email at what is it? Podcast at betterpodcasting.com. Once again, that's podcast at betterpodcasting.com. And in advance, and we will answer your question on the show. We actually have a email that we received with a couple of questions in it from listener Betsy. So Stephen, do you just want to go right into question number one here? Let's just go ahead here. And uh, Betsy says, hi, Stephen and SP. I have been meaning to ask you some questions on your live chat for the, the past few episodes but forgot them while in the chat or I've gotten cold feet. Now that your live chats are only about 30 minutes, I've got to move quickly or you will end the show. Even though I haven't dropped an episode yet, I go back and forth feeling confident and courageous one day and discouraged and afraid the next day. I haven't even recorded episode zero and I am determined that I will quote pod fade end quote. So question. It's, it, well, it's interesting. She quoted pod fade and she made it Two words, pod and fade. Mm -hmm. Now, do you think that is the correct vernacular? I'm not calling Betsy out. I'm literally asking, what is the correct vernacular to pod fade? I, well, I don't know, but I wonder if there's a dot com that we could find out. I'm not sure. Yeah, Podfade.com, maybe? maybe. Maybe. Okay. Um, but in, in any case, uh, I I think that pod fading is a uh, important thing that you should be aware of. And we'll come back to that in a bit. So the okay. question one that she has is, do you have any advice for bouncing and pacing myself to avoid doing a couple of episodes and giving up? When I start, I really want to see it through for a year, even if it doesn't have a decent following. So go ahead and you start us off here, SB. Yeah, so we've talked about this on and off, and there's various different ways to approach it. The way that comes to my mind is actually doing test shows. So we often say do one show, at least one test show, where you do it front to back, see how long it takes you, and then repeat it in case you run into any trouble, just for the timing aspect and the workload aspect. Also because you're going to change things after a few times behind the microphone in your show, in your episode. I think doing, so, especially if you haven't podcast before, do that like three times. And if you like them, that's great. You got three that are in the can. If you don't, you change stuff along the way. Then you go back and you can redo episode one. You can go from there. So I think by doing the test episode or test episodes, if you never podcasted before, that really flushes out your workload and 
fleshes out how committed you are before you launch the show. Now, I don't want anybody to do this perpetually. Don't do 10 test episodes. Don't do 20 test episodes. Don't just do test episodes. At some point in time, you got to get that content out there and start getting feedback. And that means that you have to publish at some point in time. So that's my advice, like right off the bat, is that if you're thinking that this might become too much of an issue, do test episodes where you do everything like you are going to publish it and you just don't publish it. You have the the show notes or the blog post, you have the final MP3 file and you have everything ready to go. And then you just let it sit a week and you listen to it again. And in the meantime, you're producing another episode to see how repeatable it is for you. That's just my two cents right off the bat. Stephen, what do you got? Yeah. uh, On top of that, I would say don't. And this is going to sound terrible because we always use this term. Don't do a weekly show. Okay, don't do a weekly show to start off if you're worried about this, because it is a huge process going through everything um, to get an episode out. and. I would say that you should set yourself more time um, if you've never done a podcast before than trying to get in a weekly cycle. I think that that will burn you out very quickly. And I, every other week might be better. I don't know. Maybe you go, it's going to be a limited run. I'm going to do one a month. And if, if you don't mind about, you know, listeners and it's it's hard sometimes to get listeners with one a month, but at least you can get in the cycle of it. And so... I would say from setting a schedule and and trying to avoid doing a couple and giving up, I would definitely not do a weekly show. That's some great advice, especially if you're introducing podcasting into your existing schedule. It is going to take up time. We talked about it on the show last week on the main Better Podcasting show about the time that's going to take you to sit down and produce an episode. And that's time you're not doing other things that you've already done in your life, whether it's work, whether that's uh, the household chores, whether that's other hobbies that you have. And yeah, and every other week show, I th- you, you know, that's that's one way to start. It, there is still the train of thought out there that you want to get in your listeners weekly routine. But that's when you're growing a show, not necessarily when you're starting a show. So if you want to combine growing a show and starting a show, you'd have to do it weekly if it is a weekly show like like you were saying not all shows are weekly but i think for yeah that's that's actually heck that could be a new golden rule of hobby <laughs> podcasting for sp when you're starting a hobby podcast every other week means you have more time in your schedule to do it so yeah yeah i just okay. I, I like, like it. i uh i look at my current schedule and how busy things are now that i've got a <laughs> Got a full family, and so I uh, that that was sort of what I would think. But uh, yeah, you hit a, hit on it well too with the um, possible growth issues by doing that. But I don't know. Uh, do it for yourself. Have fun. That's the number one thing that you should be doing. All right. So let's move on to question number two that Betsy put in her email. She said, "Do you see value to solo podcasters using other voice talents to record an intro slash outro or maybe a call to action segment?" If so, do you think that it is good to go with a different gender for this? I think you covered this in a recent episode and mentioned that it made a solo podcast easier to listen to. So can I start with this one here? Can I start with the answer? You know, this would be so much easier if this was a solo show. It really would. (laughs) Yes, go ahead. Here we go. Hi, and you're listening to Betsy's podcast in three, two, one. 
There you go. Now you got your intro. Okay. And thanks for checking out Betsy's podcast. Come back next episode. There's your outro. There you go. Yeah. A little known fact. I've actually done uh, both free Lance and free voice acting for intros and outros before I, I put it out there. I, I'm available. Just give me a script and I'll run with it on any of your shows. So anybody listening, yeah, I can do your intro, outro, your segment as long as it's something i'm comfortable reading i'll go ahead and and i'll do it and I, I am capable of taking direction so if i'm not hitting it right then let me know how you want it to go and i've gone back and forth with a couple of people there i think having a different voice as long as the quality isn't vastly different than the quality you are producing i think that's good because if you have a well produced well-sounding intro and outro and then you're recording off your iphone in your kitchen table with a lot of reverb or something like that it's not going to be a good fit between the two and it's going to be noticeable and it might draw some people out of your podcast believe it or not just like a tv show or a movie it'll draw people out of your podcast so there is that issue i do think having a different voice doesn't really necessarily even need to be a different gender. I think just having a, a significantly different voice to denote that this is the narrator. This is the person behind the curtain. This is the person that's not the main star of the show. This is just the person that's introducing the star of the show. I think that's more important. Uh, and, and if you're more comfortable going with a, a male voice and a female voice, then, you know, go for that. If you're, if you don't care, you know, a, a significantly different female voice, I think from yours would work. I, th that's just my two cents. Again, this is just my two cents. There's no right or wrong answers to any of this, by the way. I should have started off the whole show with that. This is just our experienced answers, but might not necessarily be the truth or not the truth, but the more correct answer, I guess. Uh, I like the idea that we just come on here and lie for 30 minutes. <laughs> that's, that's not the truth. We just lie. Uh, no. Uh, well, wait, wait a minute. There's a difference between lying and there's a difference between telling a story. Yeah. You know, you, you're, if you're in the entertainment business, it's not lying. It's telling a story. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I agree with what you said, SP. Uh, the only thing that I'll throw in with, with this here is that my opinion on an intro has evolved slightly from when we covered this on Better Podcasting, but is still mostly the same. And it's that I think personally, people should have a good quality intro on their show because it sets the tone, it sets the mood. But most importantly, you're really doing it for your people who are first coming to your show because after they've heard it once or twice, your listeners will tune out. They won't even listen. You could go and you could flip around a bunch of the, with the words in the middle and they would never know because they're either skipping over it or they're just kind of used to hearing it. So you're really trying to make a good first impression. And so that's where I say that it still stands. However, um, I will say it's evolved because I do think that the stuff that we ha had in our intros like five years ago are too long. I think that the listener habits have evolved and people are expecting them to be shorter. So I do think that you need to shorten them up. But I think that more than a couple beats of music, it, it still needs to be because I think there is value for that first impression. If you come in, you check out a podcast for the first time, and it gives you a little bit of an idea about what, they, what you're getting into, um, and it makes that good first impression, 
then it's worth it, even if your other listeners are just skipping over it each week. I think that that would be the side of the coin I'd rather be on um, rather than just unilaterally having no introduction. So it's interesting that you bring up the length. I've been seriously considering for a while now, but a lot more now of redoing the, uh, the, the vocal work for Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. Maybe even rebranding the show, and that's a whole different subject. <laughs> it, 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 don't worry, it's not going to be rebranded too much. It really depends on what happens in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This is what we cover on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. right now. And it, believe it or not, it wouldn't be renamed anything too differently. It, just know that it's under consideration right now. Anyway, I was thinking about doing that, and one of the key considerations that I've been thinking about is shortening it, but still keeping something there so that's one the other thing that i've been thinking of uh, producing lately is a new promotion because the promotion i have is like eons old and it might not necessarily reflect the show as it is right now i gotta tell you i i don't feel inspired to create a 30 second promo for legends mm-hmm. of shield i i feel like i it's just not something that uh, copywriting is not something that i'm i'm uh, not a talent that I really have to write a commercial, a 30 second commercial for the show. And I I feel like I I need some help with it, or maybe I just need to sit down and schedule some time to, to go and do that. And I wanted to talk about that actually on this show. It's just coincidentally, I forgot about it and didn't put it in the notes, but I wanted to talk about it on the show because I, I feel everybody's anxiety or issue with it or just maybe it's something that it's not exciting so as a hobby podcast you just don't want to do it that sort of thing so i do intend on doing it now timing is a factor for me this year because well my daughter's getting married and that means you have no idea what that means oh my gosh the amount of planning even for a parent and the amount (laughs) amount of emotional support that you have to give and all of the issues i mean any bride that goes through a wedding and, and, and tries to do a wedding in a normal year, it, this has got a pandemic year with it. It's, the wedding is scheduled for later on in the year. It's October. I think we talked about it before on the show. But my available time is just not going to be there this year. I've come to terms with that. And that is going to affect my ability to redo uh, elements uh, of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. And it's in sore need of upgrading. And we'll just see where that goes. But the intro piece, which is what Betsy's talking about here, that's that. Yeah, I, I think the two minute intro of Eon's past is is way too long. We'll have to discuss what's an appropriate intro length, because I think, first of all, I think it depends from show to show. Yeah. But second of all, I think shorter, I, I think shorter is better. And that pains me to say <laughs> that because I do like my intros. Like I, I started watching Stargate SG-1 again, and I just remember the nice intro for that. It's like a minute, minute and a half long in the outros, like a minute long and stuff. I, I used to remember loving that. And, and television shows these days, they just go right into it. And you might get an intro a couple minutes into it that's, I don't know, 10 seconds long or something like that. I, I, I miss those long intros. Anyway, that was a long rambling pontification right there. Uh, one last thing I want to throw in, actually, is the different voice thing. Um, just, yeah, I, I agree try to get someone to listen to it and make sure if you're going to use, like if I was to use a male voice, I would want to make sure that that male voice was different from mine. So it, it did have that differentiation that SP said. The only thing is you could do one yourself and I've done podcasts where I've had it myself and that's fine. 
And there is an advantage to that. It, it was any time you want to redo it or amend it, it's your voice. You might not be able to get the same voice over artists the next time. Um, also, if you want to make it a dynamic intro, somehow you could. You could have it so like if you're doing your little uh, up, whatever you want to call it, your promo at the, at the beginning there where you're saying what you're about to talk about on your episode, where you make it so once they're edited together, it seamlessly it goes into your intro. So that is an advantage about doing it yourself. But yeah. I think there's pros so, and cons. So once again, that was two great questions from Betsy. Thank you for emailing those to us at podcast at betterpodcasting.com. And as a reminder, you can join us live 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific every other Tuesday at geeks.live and asked us a live question in the chat. And uh, a lieu of another question right now, Stephen, I know there's something that's really bugging you that you want to talk about. 100%. I want to double down on my statement a few Better Podcasting live chats ago where I said that Google Podcasts is a disaster. I'm standing by that statement because today we're recording this at five o'clock my time at three something my time. I got a um, email from Google Podcasts, 3.33 p.m. my time. I got an email saying that I needed to re-verify the Gunna Geek show feed. And I keep getting these bloody emails. I believe I've gotten one for better podcasting. I've definitely gotten them for Gunna Geek show many times. And this is just that problem with Google going out and thinking it knows best about podcasts. And the problem that I, uh, I anticipate or what I think is happening here is because the Gunna Geek Show has multiple ways that you can check it out. And because it's being generated on a WordPress site and that generates RSS feeds, even though I try to close them off and things like that, I think that Google's going out and getting confused of what feed is what. And so when I went into the email link that they said, it said that I needed to verify the feed. And when I went to step two of verifying the feed, I got the following quote, this feed is missing an email address. Add an email address to your RSS feed, end quote. This was the new feed that they found because it was pulling my Steven RSS feed from the Gunna Geek. If you didn't know this, when you have a WordPress site, it goes and it generates an RSS feed um, for every user or author or whatever you want to call it on, on the blog. And so it went and found my quote, I'll call it a blog user RSS feed. And because that is the case, there's no email in it because it's not a bloody podcast RSS feed. It's a different RSS feed. And so this is why I, I, I'm doubling down on it being a disaster because why did you choose one that clearly doesn't have the elements in it? Like, shouldn't you not have programming in there that goes, wait a minute, it's missing tags maybe this isn't the new feed. So uh, it's smart enough when you go through the confirmation project process to realize it's missing tags, but not smart enough to go and try to, to, to make you do this stupid process. So I'm annoyed with Google Podcasts. I really wanted to like Google Podcasts. I actually think the app is well done now that they've added the download, the automatic download feature. There's a few other things I'd, I'd like to see done. I would like to use Google Podcasts for listening but I'm not going to because I know as a podcaster, I don't know if this feed's going to change to the incorrect thing. I've seen that happen. In fact, the 
The one that was on the Gunna Geek show that I was subscribed to is a completely different WordPress feed that isn't this one. So I, I don't know what the, that one is that I'm subscribed to. So I'm not going to support Google Podcasts or subscribe to podcasts that might suddenly change on me. Like it's not going to happen if, uh, as a podcaster, I can't guarantee that my my um, show that's in there is valid. And I've heard people come and say, well, you just got to reach out to Google Podcasts. They'll fix that. I filled out the form that this said that I could let them know. I'm sure that someone will fix it. But that's that's beyond the point because I shouldn't have to go and tell Google my RSS feed, it, 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 you've made the wrong selection because I've already verified once that the correct selection is show is feed A. Unless I'm going to come and say this is wrong, you don't go and try to say it's feed B. I've already verified feed A. So Google Podcasts is a disaster as far as I'm concerned. I don't use Google Podcasts. I use Overcast on the iOS. I don't even use the iOS podcast app. <laughs> and that's just what I use. I also use, believe it or not, I still use an old iPod classic at work. And as long as the capability is still there, I still have iTunes. Yes, iTunes, iTunes on my Windows computer, not Apple Podcasts. And as long as it works, I'm going to continue to use it because it's the only way I can listen to podcasts at work. And I, just, I don't use Google Podcasts. Now, here's the rub. As a podcaster, I want the people that use Google Podcasts to be able to listen to my podcast that way because a bunch of people do use it because it's the inherent Google app on Android just because if you search for a podcast, that's how they, they get a hold of it if you're not savvy enough to use a podcatcher. Uh, and from that perspective, it really sucks. I just hope eventually they get it, but we've talked about it before. They, they're just not treating podcasts as podcasts. They're treating it like a streaming TV show from an app. And it's free for them to go out and, and grab whatever they can in order to throw it into their system. And it's just, I don't know if it's ever going to be right. Knowing how Google works, I just, I don't know. They're a great aggregator. They're a great search engine. They're kind of terrible at providing services, but it's another story altogether. Anyway, are, are you glad you got that off your chest now? I, I am. Yes. And okay. thank you to everybody for listening to me rant for five minutes straight. So on the Apple side, so we talked about Google, which is, you know, Android, Google, but on the Apple side, let's talk a little bit about Skype recorders. I don't think we mentioned this two weeks ago, and I definitely know we didn't mention it on the Guinea Geek main or the Better Podcasting main show last week. If you happen to connect with your guests or your co-hosts over Skype and you use an Apple machine with Mac OS on it. Odds are you have at least heard of Ecamm Skype Recorder. It seemed to be like the main thing to use. Now, over on the Windows side, there's various different ones. There's like MP3 Skype Recorder, which isn't the best quality, but it's there. I use Ever on it's a paid for thing, but I had much better luck using Ever than anything. As a qualification, I haven't used Skype to podcast with in I don't know how long. It's been a long, long time. We just don't use Skype anymore for that on any of my shows. Anyway, Ecamm Skype Recorder was like the way to, if you weren't using Audio Hijack or a another program out there, Ecamm Skype Recorder has been the way for Mac users to record podcasts with, given the right permissions and everything, because, you know, there's legalities involved in any of this. And we've seen some 
information from Ecamm because of the transition to the M1 silicone chips, and it's just the M1 silicone chips. I don't think it's tied to the Mac OS. The recorder doesn't work on it and they can't make it. So they're actually sunsetting Ecamm Skype recorder for these new silicone chips on Macs, MacBooks, the, um, the Mac mini. And I'm okay with that. And here's why, Steven. I, and I put this in the notes. I don't know if you read it or not. This isn't such a big deal anymore. Why is that? Because there's so many online connection and recording services. I use StreamYard on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. There is a bunch of a clean feed. Uh, there is, uh, what's the other one that starts with an S? Um, can't, can't remember. There's like a dozen different programs out there that you can go and do. So that's one other than Skype, that you can connect. Zoom is one. Uh, a lot of people are familiar with Zoom because of Zoom meetings, right? So it, it doesn't really work all that great for podcasting, but it's available, right? So there's one. And there are other capabilities. There's, and I don't like it, there's voice meter on on uh, the Windows. But over on the Mac, there's a program that works a little bit better. I mentioned before, Audio Hijack for Mac OS, where you can record different uh, audio streams that are coming in, you can multi-track that way. Uh, it, it does have its issues as well, but it, it works a lot better than voice meter over on Windows from what I've heard. And here's the rub. There are so many affordable ways to do hardware recording now with mix minuses. You've got the Zoom P4. We're going to continue to talk about the PodTrack P4 for quite some time. You got the Rodecaster Pro. You got the Sound Devices Mix Preline. You've got the Zoom P8. There are just so many ways that you can record your track and the track coming in separately. And if you use a soundboard, you can record that separately that you don't need Ecamm Skype recorder anymore. I think we're finally at the point in 2021 where Skype is no longer the majority of capability for Apple users to record a podcast. But even so, um, I don't believe it does multi-track, but I believe that um, right in Skype, you can record now. So I'm pretty sure that that feature is right in there to, to hit record on a Skype call. I, I, again, I don't know if it does do multi-track or not, but um, yeah, that's I, I would agree with that statement. And I would also say further that um, I will double tap that Skype's audio is kind of terrible. So. Okay. Anyway, so so that's my gripe for for the week. I, I saw Ecam Skype recorder and I was like, okay, no big deal. I oh, I'm not an Apple user, and it's not something I've I've latched onto for years and years. And oh, I can't podcast without it. Uh, you know, that's not me because I just don't use it. But on the other hand, there's just so many other ways to connect and record these days. It's oh well. Anyway. Let's quickly talk about a couple new hardware things that that we have. Mine, uh, mine was simple. It was a new uh, SD card reader. It was uh, my old SD card reader was been on the fritz for a while. I suspected it was because I would put SD cards into it and it would work, and then all of a sudden disappear. And uh, it was multiple SD cards, and I tried the micro SD card directly as well. And then I was like, oh, I should really order one. And the reason I wanted to mention this was because like I was in a um a store that has a bunch of uh what do they call it but it's like a, a whole clearance aisle sort of thing um oh I can't remember the name of it oh surplus that's what they call it it has like a whole surplus section and it's all just stuff that they've basically picked up 
from places that have closed and things like that. And uh, I was actually looking for a cable because I knew they had a cable and I can get one right there for cheap. And then I looked and I'm like, oh, look, there's an SD card reader. And I just love it because you find things like SD card readers now in a surplus aisle. So I just picked it up and it's been great since. So uh, I just thought I'd mention it because it's a small little thing that uh, I got to keep things going. And uh, yes, I promptly threw out the other one because it has been giving me a headache for far longer than I'd like to admit. That's actually important to note because I know there's a lot of creators out there that use uh, cameras, YouTubers or whatever. That we'll just call them creators that use SD cards to record stuff and then port it over. I know in a lot of the newer MacBooks, MacBook Airs that they've gotten rid of the SD card reader and there's been a big hubbub about that. So it sounds like Apple's actually bringing that back in because of the creator aspect, because there are just a lot of people using cameras that don't have the Wi-Fi capability or maybe it's just not feasible. or Maybe people, you know, have so many SD cards that it's just not feasible to throw them back into the camera and transfer it that way. So, yeah, it, it's important. SD card readers are important and they're important enough that Apple's actually bringing them back or it's rumored that they're bringing them back in the next generation and stuff. So, yep, SD card and SD card readers in surplus aisle. I, it might not be surplus uh, too much longer. <laughs> I, a couple weekends ago, I upgraded my my per podcast production drive. So for the last, I don't know, three years or so, I've been using this. SSD. It's a 500 gigabyte SSD. And honestly, it was just running out of space and it was running out of space because of all the templates that I have on here. I, I move stuff into that's actually production related for the episode. I move that into longer term storage on a hard disk drive. But for my production, I have been using an SSD and it was just getting to the point where I was getting like 50 gigabytes left. And I was like, well, getting to the point where maybe that's not enough to store like a, a single episode as I'm producing it because the MP4 file, if I render it in 4K over an hour, you know, that's 10, 12 gigabytes right there. So it, it was getting close. So I went ahead and I upgraded. I don't have it in my hand, obviously, because it's in my computer, but it, it's the same drive. It's just a one terabyte drive. So I, I upgraded that. And, you know, in usual fashion, I ran into all of the issues that you run into when you clone a drive and you take it out and you have to name the drive and, and you know, get into Windows Device Manager and stuff like that. So it is a pain and, and it seems like it is a little bit techy to some people, but it's, it's really not all that complicated. There are a lot of guides out there and a lot of stuff that you can uh, use to clone the drive. I use Macrium Reflect to clone the drive and it seems to be working just fine. And uh, yeah, so I did that and now I've got a terabyte, which means I've got 500 gigabytes free. Yay. Uh, I know we're going to start wrapping up soon, but I want to mention something that I came across, which was that yesterday Spotify announced that the, um, they were going to start officially uh, rolling out a subscription option through Anchor. Basically, through a live stream event yesterday, they officially confirmed that they will be doing the option of paid podcast subscriptions on the platform that will begin um, essentially being beta tested through Anchor Podcasts and a feature that's in there. This is going to be apparently U.S. to start, and I assume that that's probably something that is tax-based because I'm sure they'll have to report. Mm, maybe. Um, I don't yeah. know. That, that's, uh, I've, I've heard of... I, I know, I think... I forget what it was. There was Maybe it was Patreon for a while. There was 
it was only U.S. because they had to officially file the income. I, I forget what it was. There was something like that. But uh, I am interested to see what happens. And I think, I think we are getting a picture of what Spotify's use for Anchor is. Because the way that this kind of came off to me was that they are starting the subscription option for the podcast feeds as a beta through Anchor. That's how I read it, meaning that they're using their Anchor platform as the, the beta test. And so if that's the case, and if we see that Anchor starts off beta testing the subscription off option, and then they roll out it to other places, like I think Stitcher has premium, I think that that will pretty much highlight that they are they did plan to buy Anchor for technology and right now are just using it as a bit of a test platform slash a platform that they can they can use before pushing those features elsewhere. So I don't know. I'm I'm interested to follow this because of that potential. It might be music based as well, music rights based, that they only have music rights based in the United States for paid um, behind a paywall podcast or something like that. I, I don't know, but I just want to throw that out there because I know that is an option that you can do a music podcast through Anchor, but only distribute it through Spotify. So that might just be an, another extension of all that and might be a consideration. I don't know. There's a lot of funny things going on in terms of what we would call normal podcasting between Anchor and Spotify. And, and they are trying to find the money, right? They are trying to make it profitable. They sunk an awful lot of money into it, and they think that there's money available. I mean, how much do they give Joe Rogan? Over $100 million or something like that? So yeah. they've got some bills to pay, too. Uh, also, I think you wanted to mention that there were some um, outages, which I think is actually worth mentioning as well from a always be aware of this p potential. Yeah, I think we've mentioned this years ago, and I don't ever remember specifically covering it, but I know that different podcast media hosting services have run into similar issues, whether it's uh, just outages of the server farm or a DDoS attack. And just recently in the past couple of days here, Buzzsprout and Podbean have both experienced DDS, DDoS attacks, and it's a denial of service attack. And what happens is some hackers get together or they use Internet of Things or, or whatever. They just slam the gateways of the company that's online and prevent them from actually doing anything. And that's happened to two podcast media hosting companies here in the last couple of days. We'll see if it ends up being more. We'll see if this ends up just being uh, some some hackers thinking, hey, we can do this, or, or maybe it's a, a specific attack based off of whatever that they've uh, decided to embrace or not embrace or whatever. You never know. Uh, and the people that are doing it might never know. We might never know who it is. But these two places have experienced DDoS attacks. I don't think that any podcast media hosting service provider is impervious to this. I think some might have some fallbacks that others don't but when it comes down to it there's always a way to take a company offline so i i don't know if i would feel safer with one provider than another but if this continues if, if i was a customer of Busprout and this continues for a couple of weeks i would now worry and let's face it we're hobby podcasters we're not a business podcast if i had a business podcast and 
I had no way of getting that information out and earning those uh, commercial spots, right? Then, then I'd be seriously worried about things. So this is a case where the business of podcasting might impact the hobby podcasters. So just keep an eye, your eye on what's going on with these DDoS attacks and different internet or uh, podcast service providers. And if this happens to be you, if you host with one of these companies, then uh, just hang in there. I'm pretty confident that they'll get back online pretty soon. But that's going to take us towards the end of the show. But I think we should take a moment here to acknowledge that uh, Mr. Pioneer did he he did uh, things outside of better podcasting, allegedly. Uh, apparently, I'm not good enough for all of his time. And so Look, sometimes it's he likes in to my contract that I can do a variety of different things. That's you know, true. I'm not exclusive to you. Here. That's true. And one of the things <laughs> that he did was a year ago, Steph Fuscio, who is a listener of better podcasting, reached out and she wanted to record a podcast with me. So we got on her Geopats Books podcast, which kind of fit, actually, and did a episode about me talking about the book Leviathan Wakes, which is the first novel which spurned off what is now the Expanse universe that is on Amazon Prime. And they've had five seasons of it right now. So you can catch the episode that I did with her. It was a great hour and a half long podcast. And you can catch that at Steph Fuscio, which is S T E P H F U C C I O dot com slash Geopats Books. And you can listen to the episode that I did on Leviathan Wakes. I listened to it. I remembered half of what I said. It was interesting, you know, <laughs> after it comes out. And I'm not dogging on Steph the fact that it took a year for this episode to come out. There were some technical issues. She worked her butt off trying to solve as much as she could, but. It was it was kind of fun listening to it after recording it 10, 12 months ago, whatever it was. And it was a great conversation and the conversation still holds. So check that out at stephfushio.com slash geopatbooks. Also in our chat, because again, we do stream this live at Geeks.Live. Johnny Pennington, loyal listener Johnny Pennington says, what about SP's audio drama acting? See, you have the listeners on the edge of their seats, SP. Apparently. So yeah, my audio drama episode does come out March 29th. And I will give more information on what show that is uh, probably the next time we get together. But just keep that in mind that I have an audio drama episode coming out. I do have a part. I'm not the lead, but I'm like one of only like three voice actors in it. So I'm like the, the token third actor, I guess. So anyway, you can catch that at a location that I will tell you, but it is coming out on March 29th. I'm, I'm just, I'm trying to draw out the tease here. Am I doing a good job? It's Steve? great. It's great. And I can't wait okay. to find out myself. So for episode 245's brother, uh, live chat 27, I'm Steven saying, yeah, I could edit that, but this is the live chat. I'm not going to. And I'm SP saying we'll see everybody back here two, in two weeks for the live chat and next week for the next Better Podcasting main show. See you guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks for checking out another episode of Better Podcasting. You can find the full back catalog of Better Podcasting at betterpodcasting.com. If you're into geeky podcasts, please check out the other podcasts on the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageeknetwork.com. This show was produced and edited by Stephen John Drew of Gunna Geek Productions. Voice work was done by L.W. Salinas. Thanks again for listening or watching. 
and we hope to see you again next week.